On October the 8th, Israel declared war on the Iranian-backed terrorist proxy Hamas because they fired missiles into and invaded Israel. They kidnapped their soldiers and citizens and committed horrific demonic acts of violence. My wife and I, along with our end-time tour group, returned home yesterday from Israel. And I'm going to share our experience with you on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Oh, I can let out a sigh of relief, everybody. We finally made it home. And I don't know whether to start bawling on the air or to hug everybody or to kiss the ground. I mean, what we went through through the last two weeks, I've never been in a country where they declared a state of war. I've never been in a country where they suffered the worst terrorist invasion in their history. I've never been in a country where it was locked down. I suffer, I, I, I lived through many firsts. I lived through three missile attacks over the last couple weeks. And so I want to share that experience with you, but let me lay a little groundwork for this because there's a lot of fake news and false news going on about what's going on over there in Israel. And I told our tour guide, he is an ex-Navy SEAL for the Israeli Defense Forces. I told him, and get this, he is 67 years old. And when we left, he was going in as an advisory position when they're over 60, they're not allowed to fight. So he was going back in as an advisory position because they're really never really out of the military over there. And it's all hands on deck when Israel goes to war. And I saw that and it was unbelievable. And we kind of got caught in the crossfire. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But let me lay a little, little groundwork here. I talked, I've talked for at least a year, year and a half, about the ring of fire that Iran has established around Israel. They have terrorist proxies in Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, in the Houthis down in Yemen, the uh, Hamas in Gaza. And what they were wanting to do is to, they're waiting, they're surrounding Israel because they want to drive Israel off into the sea. That's the goal. And it's demonic, really, what's happening. And I, believe me, I'll get into that in just a second as well. But I've talked about that for a long time. They're surrounding them. And every once in a while, they would fire some rockets off. And it was just like, it almost become commonplace. Oh, Gaza and Hamas fired some rockets off in Israel. So what, right? It, we almost become desensitized to it. Well, that was until I was there when it happened. Big difference. I'll never look at it the same again. But let me lay a little groundwork here and then we'll get into it. The Foundation for Defense of Democracies published an article. The title of the article is that the attacks on Israel 
are part of Iran's ring of fire strategy. I just read an article just before I came on the air. Everybody's wondering, why isn't Israel going in there and hammering Hamas, boots on the ground? They were supposed to do it Friday or Saturday. Now here we are at the end of day Monday and they haven't done it yet. They, they said one of the main reasons is because Hezbollah up in the north in Lebanon is waiting until Israel gets entrenched in Hamas and Gaza down in the south. That's when they're going to attack. Because see, they've got Israel surrounded. And they're hitting them here, hitting it, nipping at their heels here, nipping here, and they're wanting to spread their army out all over the state of Israel. And that's when things will really kick off. We're not at the end of this. I talked to our guide and some other people in Israel, and they said, we're really at the beginning. And I asked them, are you going to go in and attack the head of the snake, which is Iran? Iran is the sponsor of these. And they said, no, because that would perpetrate a world war. Well, the Bible says that's what's coming, right? So many of these things are coming to pass, and it's amazing to have been there and seen it. And can I say I was scared? Not scared, because I know that God's with us, and He camps as angels about them that fear Him. I know God was with us. But uh, unnerved? Absolutely. Um, a sense of urgency on me? Absolutely. But I, I saw how God was keeping His hands upon us, so... You know, folks, I seen what it will be like in Israel. I saw precursors of the Great Tribulation. I saw that while I was there. And so it really has changed my perspective on a lot of things and I think prepared me for maybe what's coming in the future. So let's lay some groundwork here. This article by the um, Foundation for Defense and Democracies, they say that citing senior members of Hamas and Hezbollah the Wall Street Journal reported back on October 8th, which would have been um, a week ago Saturday, that the Iranian security officials authorized and helped. This is very important. Iran's behind all of this. Iran is funding all of this. So they authorized and helped plan the Hamas-led attack on Israel. This, this, just didn't, uh, this wasn't the whim of somebody, let's just attack. No, this was pre-planned. The plot to attack Israel, it really reflected an Iranian strategy to this ring of fire I talked about, the to encircle Israel with armed groups, uh, instigate turmoil, promote acts of terrorism, which this really went way beyond terrorism in my mind, and Hamas, Hezbollah, the Islamic Jihad, and other terrorist factions, they are financially supported, trained, and equipped with weapons provided by Iran. Israel can fight these terrorist proxies all they want, but until they take off the head of the snake, it will never end. Iranian officials gave the green light for the assault back on October 2nd, a meeting that they had in Beirut. In the, in the preceding weeks, the is, is Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps collaborated with Hamas to plan invasions by air, land, and sea. And the operations particulars were, um, let's say, fine-tuned over the course of these numerous meetings in Beirut that were convened by the IRGC 
these officers and representatives from the four Iranian-supported factions, including Hamas and Hezbollah. So according to this, um, the Foundation for Defense and Democracy's tracker, Iran has, uh, they built a network of 19 armed groups on Israel's borders, including Gaza in the West Bank, Lebanon, Syria, they've got the Houthis down in Yemen, and the largest of these organizations are Hamas, the Islamic Jihad, and Hezbollah. Well, these groups and others, they receive funding, training, and weapons from, from Iran. According to the Israeli Defense Minister, um, I think his name's Yov Gallant, Iran sends $100 million annually to Hamas, $700 million annually to Hezbollah up in uh, Syria, tens of millions to the Islamic Jihad. So Hamas and these other Palestinian terrorist groups, they also use Iranian technology and logistical support to produce these arms locally, such as um, these rockets and these drones. What Hamas does not produce, it smuggles into the Mediterranean enclave from these tunnels and its border with Egypt. Now, over the last couple weeks, close to 4,000 people have been wounded as a result of this terrorist attack, which happened while we were there, me and my wife and our tour group, and 1,300 people and counting have been murdered in some of the most horrific ways you can imagine by these Iranian-backed terrorist groups, Hamas. I've actually heard that there are people here in America that are supporting Hamas. <clears throat> I heard that when I was in Israel. And I thought, you have got to be kidding me. People th that are pro-Hamas? I don't care who they're doing these things to. How in the world could you support somebody who done something like that? It's beyond me. Uh, all, listen, all Israel wants is to be left alone. They, they never go out and attack, trying to attack, take somebody's land. All they want is to be left alone. But yet, Iran has, has all these terrorist proxies around them, and there are people in this world that are supporting that. I didn't realize a human with a finite mind could go there until I was there when it happened and heard what the international community and different people were saying about what was going on. It's mind-boggling to me. And I'm telling you, I watched precursors to the Great Tribulation right before my very eyes. I saw how the international community could turn on Israel. Now, I understand a lot of nations are saying, yes, we support Israel, we support Israel. But they still believe that the Palestinians should have a state there and that they, they don't believe the Bible, they don't believe that that's Israel's promised land and that, um, that they should actually be fighting some of this. It's amazing to me. It, even in the face of 4,000 wounded and 1,300 plus now murdered by these terrorist groups, Hamas. Ephesians 6.12 says this. Folks, and I want to tell you, this is a spiritual battle. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against uh, rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is a spiritual battle. And what Hamas has done to these Israelis is not human. It, it takes a demonic mind to tie a Holocaust survivor to a wheelchair and burn her alive. It takes a demonic mind to place two children and their mother and father in a bed and set the bed on fire. It takes a demonic mind to burn tires outside the ventilation shafts of safe rooms to kill everyone inside. It takes a demonic mind to kidnap men, women, and children and do unimaginable horrific acts of violence to them while videoing the entire acts. It takes a demonic mind to fire thousands of rockets into Israel at innocent people in hopes that some will make it through the Iron Dome defense missile system and kill somebody. It takes a demonic mind to rape and kill innocent women, defenseless women. It takes a demonic mind to beat a child mercilessly, uh, grown men beating a six, eight, ten-year-old child. Who can do that? It takes a demonic mind to cut a head off a baby. What Hamas and Iran, Iran can deny it all they want, but what Hamas, who is funded by Iran, is doing is absolutely demonic. I don't know how a, a, <clears throat> a human with a finite mind could do such a thing. And I, I ask our tour guide, he, I can't, he doesn't want me to give you his name, but I ask our tour guide, who is an ex-Navy SEAL for the Israeli Defense Forces, again, I said, they have to go after the head of the snake. And he said they will not do that because that would start a world war. Folks, that's exactly what the Bible says is coming at any time, if it has not already began. I'm not saying that this is World War III, but I know the Bible says that the, the loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. Iran is one of those nations for to kill a third part of mankind. The Islamic faction on the earth will certainly be involved in that war. All of the Euphrates is controlled by Islamic the Islamic faction. Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. So what's going on? Horrific, folks. I lived through it, me and my wife and our tour group, and um, it was a horrific situation. And people are still trying to get out. So let me tell you about that. My wife, Jana, and I, along with our tour group of about 40 people. We were there for two weeks of this. We just got back in the country yesterday. So let me tell you about our Israel tour. I know many of you are interested in that. Uh, because I, I, I'm 55 years old. I was born and raised in the United States. I've been all over the world, but I've never, I've never been in a country where anything like this happened. The worst terrorist attack on Israel's history we lived, we, we lived through history. So, day one of our tour. This would have been back um, October 4th. 
flew into flew from Dallas to Newark, New Jersey. Then we depart, departed New Jersey and we continued on to Tel Aviv, Israel. On Thursday, October the 5th, uh, we were in Tel Aviv, Israel, and we met our guides there in the buses, and, and we met some people from Australia. Looking forward to a wonderful tour, lots of great friends, people that came with us second time, third time, um, and they, the, uh, we met at the airport to transport us to our hotel, the, the Dan Jerusalem in, in Jerusalem. Day three, we get up, normal tour day. Uh, we go to the Mount of Olives, we come down the Palm Sunday path, we go to the Garden of Gethsemane. I talk to them about the, um, the betrayal of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I talk to them about the Eastern Gate. We walk down through the Kidron Valley that has the tomb of Jehoshaphat, the tomb of Zechariah, awaiting their prophecies about the Battle of Armageddon. That's where it's going to culminate. Uh, we, went to, we went to Bethlehem. And we went to the shepherd's fields and I talked to everybody about the, the birth of Jesus. And it was just a great time of touring. Everything's going wonderful. The, 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 we had a wonderful, wonderful tour group. Day four. This was Saturday, October the 7th when everything kicked off. We got up, ate breakfast, took the tour group, down to, out of Jerusalem, down to, on the road that the Battle of Armageddon will come up into the, the uh, gates of Jerusalem there at the Kidron Valley. Take that road down into the Jordan Valley. Take a right, go down by the Dead Sea, go to Masada. We're up on Mount Masada and we hear some loud booms there's, up on the top of Masada, there's a big um, mountain range towards Israel, not the Jordan side, on the west bank of it. There's a big mountain range. On the other side of that, we heard these gigantic loud booms. If you've ever been to a fireworks, and I'm talking about the fireworks where they, when they blow up, they hit you right in the chest. Boom, 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 boom. And our tour group, I'm looking around. I've never heard nothing like that, especially in Israel. And I look around at our tour guide and he looks at me. We're looking at the group like, what was that? And immediately, I mean, it was like within 60 seconds almost, our tour guide gets a call from Sarel Tours. Sarel Tours is the number one touring agency in, the, in Israel. We have been with them for I don't know how many years great friends of ours, Samuel Smaja and the whole gang, uh, and they were fabulous throughout this trip, believe me. Well, our guide gets a call from Sarel that Hamas is firing rockets into Israel, and they were firing up, toward, we, some of the missiles came towards us, that was the um, Israel's Iron Dome de missile defense system. They've got these deals that uh, when Hamas fires rockets into Israel, these missiles, Iron Dome senses what's coming and they will go up and intercept them before they hit their, uh, you know, certain whatever they fire them at in, in Israel, toward Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, whatever. Well, that's what we heard go off when we were up on Mount Masada. So Sarel called our guide and said, look, they're firing missiles. It's in your vicinity out there. And so 
get the tour group down and go back to the hotel immediately. Well, I thought, I had followed this stuff for years and I knew that every once in a while, Hezbollah up in the north or got, uh, the Hamas got in Gaza in the south, they would fire some missiles in, Israel's Iron Dome defense system would hit them and that would be it. It'd go away for another few weeks until Hamas did it again. So at that point, we really didn't fully understand what Hamas was doing. I just thought, Al, you know, it kind of rattled our tour group a little bit, I'll tell you that, because I was there when it happened. This time it's a little different than sitting over here in Dallas and reading it on the internet. So this is the event that started everything for our tour as far as the war and this terrorist attack was concerned. This was the first act. We hear the boom, 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 and we get the call. So we go down, we go to the hotel. We stayed at the hotel the rest of that evening, had dinner, put the tour group to bed. Now remember, it's me and my wife, our guide, and about 38, 40 other people. And we're responsible for all of them. Well, I'm praying and asking God, God, you got to show us what to do here. Do we leave Israel? Do we, uh, you know, I mean, what do we do? Because... I knew it was a little different when, the, when Sorrell called and said, get your group down and get them back to the thing. Well, then we started hearing reports because our guide is still connected to the Israeli Defense Forces that, hey, this was a lot worse than just some missiles going off. They broke through the, the southern, the Gaza border wall, and they flooded across, and it was, a, it was an attack, uh, a terrorist attack. They kidnapped some people, Americans and um, Israeli citizens and uh, uh, Israeli soldiers, and they came by air, land, and sea. So that's when I got to talking to my wife, and I said, you know, I, I need to go pray because I needed God to direct me. I, I, we didn't, you know, if you're in a situation like that and you're just trying to make, okay, let me see what the news is saying and uh, what are we going to do, I didn't feel like that was enough. I needed God to speak to me and say, here's what you do. I needed God to open some doors or something. <coughs> Excuse me. So we had dinner, put the group to bed. I went to bed. And I, I honestly, until last night when I got home in my bed, I didn't sleep hardly at all for two weeks because I, I just, I was unnerved by the whole thing. Well, the next day, this was Sunday, October the 8th. Israel officially declares war. Okay, now I'm saying, huh, we're, we're, we're in Israel. Me and my wife and 40 people. And Edo, or our guides, constantly on his phone, on his phone, you know, looking at, he's connected to the IDF. And his three boys are reservists, so all three of them get called up and, and get called down to Gaza. Now they've got the reservists called up. Now there's close to 400,000 of them, and they're coming from all over the world to come back to fight on behalf of Israel at what's going on. So I'm sitting here, and he's telling me everything that he knows, he's telling me. So I'm like, ah, I need to go pray again, because people were, tour groups were going crazy, trying to get out to the airport to get out, trying to get flights. I mean, the hotels hustle and bustle. Soldiers show up at our airport or at our hotel to guard the hotel entrance. 
I've never seen anything like this in Israel. It's normally peaceful. So I'm, as the tour leader, me and my wife, I, didn't I never really felt scared because I know God was with us. But when you see a bunch of, I saw about 30 soldiers in our hotel lobby and I thought, my goodness, you know, this is, get, this is real. This is as real as it gets. And so we're stuck at the hotel. And as we're, me and my wife are up in our hotel room. As we're stuck at the hotel, these sirens go off like crazy. I mean, you've heard like this, um, you've sat in a home, I'm sitting here in Dallas. So I've heard the sirens go off at noon periodically. They're testing the warning system. Well, those, they've got missile defense sirens over there in Israel. We're in Jerusalem in the hotel room, and those things go off. Well, they told us if the sirens go off, you got to get to either a bomb shelter or in the stairway of the hotel. So we jump up, go down the hallway. I'm trying to take pictures. I want to see the missile defense system go off. My wife's screaming at me, come on. So we go down. I get in the, we get in the, in the, um, in the stairwell because I'm up on the seventh floor. We stay there for two minutes. That's what they said to do. The sirens went off, and the, we heard the big booms again. Boom, boom, boom. Well, that's the Iran Dome Missile Defense System, the Iron Dome, protecting Israel and these bombs coming in. And I, I want to say this. Thank God that Israel has that Iron Dome Missile Defense System because without that, Israel would be decimated. At one point, Hamas shot 2,700 missiles at one time into Israel, and the Iron Dome Missile Defense System took out every one of those but four missiles. I think one of them hit Tel Aviv, a couple of them hit out in the, in the fields and different things, but it was, it was getting very serious, and the, the missiles were reaching farther than many of them ever had. So I'm sitting here in Jerusalem, and they're firing them off in Jerusalem too. So I'm praying, and I'm asking God to help us, and I'm doing radio and television interviews out on the roof, and I mean, people are calling me, Dave, we want to get you, I mean, and so I'm, it's, it's chaotic. I mean, I got a taste of what it will be like in the near future if a World War III kicks off or we go into the Great Tribulation or something like that. I realize that people are going, people, I had news people calling me from everywhere and wanting to get my take. And I'm not saying I'm anything special, but we do specialize in the prophecies of the Bible. And I've got some influential friends that can help us, especially in Israel, know what's going on. And they were very helpful in telling me what was going on, letting me help my group. And so, wow, what a time it was. And I'm not even done yet, you guys. So I'll have to finish it when we get back from the break. But thank God he kept his hands upon us every step of the way. And you're going to see that as we go along through here. Because without God, I would have been going out of my mind. And a lot of tour groups will. Thank God he was with us and got us out of there safe. We'll continue on the other side of the break. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment 
of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Okay, welcome back, everybody. I got to tell you the rest of our story here because uh, until you've been, I mean, I have, a, I have a whole new respect for a soldier or a policeman that has put their way, put themselves in harm's way for the protection of society. I've never been under, in, I've never been in a situation in a wartime situation where the whole country's mobilized. So to every soldier out there, to every policeman, anybody who goes out to protect other people in harm's way, I want to say I love each and every one of you and thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you've done for this country. I love all policemen. I love, the, the, I love uh, our soldiers. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody who would demonize that, I, and I just don't understand that. Uh, because the, the only way I have the freedom to sit here on the radio and television and things and tell you, give you the information that we do, is number one, God, but number two, somebody fought to give me this freedom. Freedom does not come free. And so for me to sit here safe in America, and I want to tell you, I don't like what Joe Biden does any more than anybody else in the way that in the, in the administration and the deep state and all that. I, I don't like that. I don't agree with any of it. Very, but I can tell you when I, when that plane touched down on the United States of America, I love America is all I'm going to say. I love the soil of America. I love our mountains. I love our streams. I love Texas. I love, <coughs> I mean, Good old U.S. of A. Inflation's up. I still love this place because we're still free people. I know it's. I know that freedom is going away in many ways, but I'm telling you, you go over to a place where when it gets locked down like that, we thank God for what's going on here in the United States now. Again, I don't agree with everything, but I mean, I'm just saying, you get the, you understand what I'm saying, you guys? Come on. I'm 55 years old. I know what it's like to be free. And 
I got to pay taxes and I get all that. But still, I still have a lot of freedom and I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for this place. <sighs> my perspective, I'm telling you, my perspective on life completely changed after this trip. My, other than God helping us, my wife, myself, and our tour group, we were in harm's way. And I hated to leave because we were leaving our tour guide and the bus driver and a lot of my friends in Israel. They're staying and dealing with this. We got out. Okay, I got to tell you the story, so I'm sorry. But I'm passionate because, man, this, uh, these people that are talking against Israel and what they're doing, they're trying to protect their families, you guys. They had 2,700 missiles shot into Israel at one time. Imagine if that was happening from Mexico or Canada or Cuba. What would we be doing here in America? So, on Monday, October the 9th, this would have been a week ago today, most tour groups were going to the airport and they were dispersing their groups among all the airlines just to get them out. Um, so they were going there and saying, okay, uh, you got two on this flight, we'll put two here. The, uh, six over here. Uh, you know, oh, you got one flight, uh, you're single, can you go? They were just dispersing their groups. And they were going to, some of them were going to Athens, Dubai, uh, Frankfurt, Germany, uh, um, anywhere they could get on, I'm on a flight to get up out of there. They were going berserk. And some of them returned back to the hotel with no flights available. My wife talked to a lady in, um, in the hotel elevator and she asked, what's your group doing? She could tell uh, that she was not an Israeli because everybody's got their tag around their neck and you can tell who's a tourist many times. And my wife said, how are you doing? What's your group doing? Well, the lady said, well, we're, not, we're doing the best we can to get out of the country. Get this, everybody, because their tour guide left them stuck. And my wife was like, uh, what do you mean your tour guide left? And she said, "Our tour when this thing kicked off, our tour guide left us with no guide. She said, so we're here doing the best we can to get out of the country on our own. Now, uh, if our tour guide would have did that to us, you know, uh... I would have to go to prayer about that one because, wow, huh, that would have been horrible. However, I'm, I've got to give our guide, I got to give him, you know, I, I love the guy because he told us, he said, I'm never going to leave you. I will make sure no matter what decision you make, I will get you to the airport. Well, man, I'm telling you what, that calmed our group down, it calmed me down. Because if he'd have said, I'm out of here, you guys fend for yourself, wow, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, we would have had to go and have a talk somewhere. A godly talk, okay? <laughs> but still, I'd have, we'd have had a good one because you just don't do that to people. But this, somebody did it. I don't know what kind of guide they have, but wow. But at dinner that night, um, I saw and spoke to Paul Crouch Jr. Many of you know Paul Crouch Sr. He started TBN. Well, I, I know his son. I knew, I knew Paul Crouch Jr. Um, he was there doing some videoing, and I think they're trying to start a new network there or something. Well, I knew him from a project that we worked on together 
a couple of years ago called Trump 2024. And he said because of what's happening right now, that video is really taking off on Amazon and some other places. And I knew it would because the, of the name, Trump 2024. Well, he, I, ta I spoke to him at the buffet part of it. And, and when he saw me, him and his wife came over and sat down, talked to me and my wife and some others at our table. And he was doing the same thing. They were looking for a way out of the country. What are we going to do? And I told him, I said, well, um, we, I have tickets for next Sunday. And I said, I'm, gonna, I'm keeping our tour group together, hunkered down, and we're going to wait for our tickets that we have. I'm not going to go out there and pay. We had a couple from our tour group that went out to the airport, and they paid 5000 bucks per ticket to get, uh, to get out. And they were, just, they were singles, so they were just getting on any flight they could. A couple of them went to Dubai and then finally made it back to the United States. I don't know where the other lady went, but she caught Texas and said she finally made it back. But I made up in my mind that wasn't the best decision for the group. I was not going to disperse them and say, you guys are on your own. Go get a flight. I, we're not going to do that. God's going to protect us. He's going to get us up out of here. So a couple of our tour group members contacted the U.S. Embassy. Their family wanted them to contact them, and so they contacted the U.S. Embassy. Now listen to this. I thought the U.S. Embassy was about helping Americans get out of horrific situations. Well, they are if you're involved in a situation there in the country. But a couple of our tour group members contacted the U.S. Embassy, and they were told that they did not help American citizens with flights out of the country and that they were on their own. Now, this is our American Embassy in, Israel, in Jerusalem there. They told our people, now you're on your own with a flight out of the country. If you got a, a dispute here, yes. But not getting, us, getting them out of the country. So I, I, you know, I mean, imagine. So Jan and I, we were in prayer. We made the decision to hunker down, keep our group together, keep them safe, number one, and to number two, do what we had to get them on our plane that we had tickets for on Sunday. Well, our guide all this time was doing the best he could to try to find spots that were open so that our group was able to see as much as possible why they were there. Because there's a lot of things that just closed and we couldn't go. So that day, this was I think last Monday, we went to the Garden Tomb. Well, after, after, when you go to the Garden Tomb, you can see Golgotha and the tomb. Well, after we went to Golgotha, Golgotha and went down and saw the tomb, they put us in the lower chapel down there. I'd never been in there before. Well, while I was sharing what happened at Calvary and sharing the gospel plan of salvation, because if you, if you don't understand how to apply the gospel to your life today, then you're stuck. You're not going to make it to heaven. you got to understand that. So while I'm in there teaching, we heard these booms again. Boom, boom, boom. It seemed like it was right outside the door almost. I mean, they're just super loud. Well, I knew that the Iron Dome had been deployed to intercept more missile, incoming missiles to Jerusalem. And I'm, we're in Jerusalem, and they're coming right at us. So, and the thing is, you're sitting there, and you never know when the goofy things are going to hit or where they're going to hit. So the, the security of the tomb came running down to tell us, stay put. This is our, you're already in the bomb shelter for the tomb area. So you know what I did? I kept on teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God because I figure if something happens and we're all going to go, I'm going out preaching. And so I'm sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God, what happened on Calvary, and how to be born again. And 
this sirens are going off and the missile defense system's going off. And I just kept on teaching. Because I know God was with us. And God can protect us. If he had to put his hands over the top of that little shelter, he would have. So God's working all during this trip. Well, later that day, we went to the biblical gardens uh, and saw the uh, Judean hills. It was really cool. And because Edo uh, was just doing the best he could to get us places. Well, then we went to the Friends of Zion where um, many of you might know Mike Evans with the Friends of Zion. We went there. Well, I had been praying daily, God, you got to protect us. Show us what to do next. Open the door. Direct our path here. Because we were kind of stuck in Jerusalem. But we were supposed to go up to Galilee in the north. And I just was feeling uneasy. I don't know if we should do that or not. But I didn't know what else to do. Because I had to keep our group here till next Sunday. So we thought about staying in Jerusalem in the um, Dan Hotel. But really didn't know what to do. And I was asking God, God, help us. Lead and guide us by your spirit. Help us here. So while we were at the Friends of Zion, the president of Sarel Tours met my wife and I and our tour guide uh, for just sit down for a, a quick cup of coffee while the group was in watching the history of Israel and all the videos and everything. Well, he was really kind of just really focused because his daughter and son-in-law had been called up with the rest of the reservists to fight Hamas down in Gaza. So he was weighing a million things. I mean, and, but he was come there and was focused on our group. I'm telling you, I will, I, if God will help us, I'll never go there with another touring agency and I'm going to use the guide we had for the rest of my life if he can do it. Because those people stuck with us and were concerned about us all the way till we got up out of the country. So after some discussion about the rest of the trip, Samuel Smaja is the guy's name. He's the leader, he's the president and CEO of Sarel Tours. He strongly suggested that we not go up to Tiberias where the Sea of Galilee is located and go to his hotel that he owns in Natanya, which is by the Mediterranean Sea. And, that, and I'm telling you folks, I, I can't stress this enough. This conversation that we had would prove to be a very pivotal decision in, in our trip. And after seeing how things played out over the rest of the trip, I knew that God was answering prayer, the prayers of thousands of people around the world, and He was directing our footsteps and keeping us safe. And so, Natanya, where we went, ended up probably being one of the safest parts in the entire nation and God was directing our footsteps all the way. So, we're coming up on a break. When we get back from the break, I'll continue on with the story because God protected us and got us out of Israel. And I'm thanking him today. I'm thanking him today, folks, because he is a protector and a deliverer. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again. He can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is.
time is not going anywhere. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. All right, everyone. <clears throat> now we're at Tuesday, October the 10th. This was last Tuesday. We, our guide was still trying to find us things to do. So we went to the Jewish agency who End Time Ministries works with to help Jews make Aliyah back to Israel from all over the world. And this is the day our guide was also able to get us to go to the Western Wall, which was basically empty that day. And we got to go view the upper room. And we, um, I talked to my group about Acts chapter 2, where the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost, Acts 2, 1 through 4, because um, I had to talk to them outside of the room because it was closed. Everything was closed, basically. But then straight back to the hotel to pack our, da pack our bags because we're leaving Jerusalem and we're going out to Netanya by the Mediterranean Sea to the hotel that Samuel Smaja owns up in Netanya. Okay, day eight, Wednesday, October 11. We take the group to the Temple Mount. Uh, it was the, uh, the Temple Mount sifting project before um, leaving Jerusalem. And then we left Jerusalem and we, on the bus to, the first stop was to Joppa where uh, the house of Simon the Tanner is. Uh, and I, at that point, I talked to, talked to the group about um, Acts chapter 10 and the conversion of the house of Cornelius and Peter and the Jews, the delegation, he sees the sheet come down three times. Delegation goes down to the house of Cornelius. And that this is going to be the first time that salvation is offered to the Gentiles. So very important, pivotal point in the tour. And I wanted our group to go by there. Then we leave there. We go straight to the hotel in Netanya. The next day, our guide had scheduled us to go to from, remember, we're going to go from Netanya and drive over to the Sea of Galilee and all these things if they're open. But we were going to stay in a safe place. Well, the next day, our guide had scheduled us to go to the Mount of the Beatitudes on the northern rim of the Sea of Galilee, the boat ride on the Sea of Galilee, and then he even got the guy, so I mean, we got the best guide in Israel, in my opinion. He called and got the guy to open the Jordan River baptism spot just for our group. Man, was I excited about that. It wouldn't be everybody crowded in there. 
we could just go by ourselves. He got, he scheduled all that. He was on the phone, getting it all scheduled. And that night before the baptisms, I shared the gospel again. And I explained repentance and necessity of baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I told them, I said, listen, I know many of you came on the tour to be baptized in the Jordan River. And I told our group, I said, no matter what happens, I will baptize those who are wanting to be baptized. I don't care if I got to do it in a swimming pool. I don't care if we got to do it in the Mediterranean Sea. I will baptize you. And so 19 of the 38 people signed up for baptism. So I am, we're under wartime, state of war here. Israel's doing, you know, they're basically fighting a war in the south and potentially getting ready to fight a war in the north as well. And I'm walking on cloud nine knowing that God's with our group. And I know what it's like to have revival in the midst of a storm, folks. That's, that sermon would preach right there, and I may preach it someday. Coming to day nine, this is last Thursday. That would be uh, October 12. For the first time since its opening in 2014, the Sammy Offer Fortified Underground Emergency Hospital, or many of you know it as the Rambam Hospital in Haifa, was fully converted um, that week in, in case of an outbreak of hostilities with Hezbollah and other terrorist groups in Israel's northern borders. This is very, very important because our partners years ago purchased 90 of the beds in that Rambam Hospital. Now we can help Jews in different things. My father-in-law always called it the Armageddon Hospital because that's going to be the region of some of where Armageddon happens and that it will be used for some of those um, individuals that are injured. So, and, the, and October 12, last Thursday, was also the day that the so-called mistaken alarm goes off in the northern regions up in Galilee, Hezbollah, and, and uh, Golan Heights. And that it was supposedly a mistake. It could have been a cyber attack. I don't know that for sure, but it goes. It, it goes out that the this mistaken alarm goes out that the armed drones had been shot off and were sent into the northern regions of Israel, and all of the north shuts down completely, including the Galilee region where we were supposed to go to the Sea of Galilee, the baptisms. No baptisms that day, at least not in the Jordan River. So everything shuts down, and the only to me. The safest place in Israel was the Netanya region, but we were stuck at the hotel because everything was shut down. We're, God had miraculously put us in the safest place in the country, right out there in Netanya, about a half hour north of Israel, of uh, Tel Aviv, in, our, in a hotel, and we're stuck there. Well, some people saw it as stuck. I saw it as we're safe. We're all together. We're safe. God's got his hands upon us. Well, we received word just after we left Jerusalem that someone had just been shot and killed. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. I asked I ask our guide, was that a Hamas-instigated um, killing? And he said, I don't know the answer to that, but just after we left, someone was shot, murdered in Israel, or in Jerusalem. So I'm asking God, God, please, thank you. Thank you so much. you got your hands upon us. Well, this last Friday, that would be October the 13th, that's baptism day. I told the group that 
um, I told them I, I didn't want to send anyone back who, had not, who wanted to be baptized without doing it. It's that important to me and it was to the group. So I told our guide and he said, look, I'll find you a place in the Mediterranean Sea. I told the group and they were like, let's go. So we, we drive about a half mile down the beach. We walk out this, over this huge beach out into the water and it was about, I don't know, up to my waist, good baptizing depth. And we got these waves that are just blasting us. But I ended up baptizing 18 people because the sea was too rough for some, but some other people decided they wanted to be baptized. And I told the people that couldn't because of the waves and everything, I said, look, I'll, if I have to, I'll fly to where you are and baptize you if you need me to. I can find you a church or I'll fly where you're at because it's that important to me. We've all lived together. We became a family over the last two weeks. Very, very important. So God was having revival in the midst of the storm. So over the last two weeks, folks, I have been doing radio and television programs for I don't even remember who all. Uh, up on the roof of our hotel, in my hotel room, um, I was teaching our tour group PowerPoint lessons at night uh, on all kinds of stuff, stuff I hadn't even planned on teaching them. And the group had remained. i got to give it to our group. If you're in our group and you were listening to us, thank you so much. Our group remained incredibly calm. My wife and I, we weren't in fear, and that helped our tour group to not get in fear mode and start just going haywire. And I knew God was with us. You know, folks, that's the thing. The Bible says, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Israel was in a state of war. They had suffered their, the worst terrorist attack ever in the history of Israel. The president of Israel, Isaac Herzog, said that last Saturday that the more Israelis died from, um, in one day than since the Holocaust. It was that bad, and it's still that bad, and it's probably going to get worse. Don't believe everything you hear in the news about what's going on in Israel. Make sure you check your news sources, get the right ones. Because I'm going to write articles and do some radio programs telling the truth about what's going on over there. And it is, uh, it is Iran and their terrorist proxies trying to destroy and kill Israelis in some of the worst ways imaginable. And what they're doing to women and children and, and the men and it just, it's horrific. It's demonic. But thank God, God was with us every step of the way. The, um, Psalms 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth his angels round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Well, okay, the baptisms are over. We're all on cloud nine. Many pe people receiving the Holy Ghost. I mean, it was awesome. So back to the hotel the next day. This would be... Um, on Saturday, at the hotel for the farewell dinner, we packed and got ready to head home. Well, everything had kind of calmed down where we were. We drive 30 minutes south to the airport. We get to Ben-Gurion. It's remarkably empty compared to what it normally is. Most of the tour groups somehow are gone. Some of them went over into Amman, Jordan to try to get out because there were just no flights. We had somebody want to charter us out of there and get us, offer us a charter flight, but it was going to be $11,000 per ticket. 
And I told him, I said, our group can't do that. So we get down to the airport because I knew we had tickets and my wife had been contacting everybody and they said, yeah, your tickets are good. Get to the airport. We went to the airport. Surprisingly, no tour groups. They told us, um, well, it was just really families at the airport trying to leave. Our guide and the manager of the hotel came to us and he said, you guys are one of, if not the only tour group left in Israel. They had talked to other uh, touring companies and different things, and Sarel Tours said, we got one group left in Israel, and it's End Time Ministries. So <laughs> I'm thinking, man, I told my wife, I said, this is unbelievable. We're living here. We're making history right now. And so we get our tickets at the counter. We're sitting at the gate, and we hear those loud booms go off again. Missiles were being fired at Tel Aviv. We're sitting at Ben Gurion Airport, and the Iron Dome iron, that we're sitting at the gate, looking at these big glass windows, the Iron Dome defense system was deploying to intercept those missiles, and many of our tour group said that they saw them take off across the sky. Folks, this was our third missile attack that we lived through. So, I mean, I'm on edge here, and I'm sitting in Dallas. So it ends, we get on the plane, and as the plane leaves the runway, I'm praying because those planes are a prime target, right? Well, we finally get back in Newark, New Jersey, then make it to Dallas. Yesterday afternoon, we're greeted by friends and family, and I want to say thank you, Jesus, number one, but thank you for everyone across the world that were praying for us, and we had people fasting for us. I have pastors and people contacting me from everywhere. And I know that God kept his hands upon us. I've got more programs to do from all of this. We'll have to continue on later. But thank you so much for standing with End Time, standing with us. And God bless each and every one of you. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping your hands upon us. Thank you for the United States of America. And God bless Israel and the Israeli Defense Forces.